Hello and thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Heads, another all-NBA edition coming right at you as the second season of the NBA. The playoffs are finally underway. Well, let's get right to it. So like I said, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. We saw a pretty uncompetitive first round i might say as we saw the one two three and four seeds all advanced on the east and west the only teams to battle it out in six games or more were the denver nuggets against the san antonio spurs who pushed that seven games and the clippers pushed the golden state warriors to six games winning two games surprising almost everyone in the NBA, but of course, we see Golden State advance, we see the Rockets advance, we see Portland and Denver advance in the West, and in the East, we see Milwaukee, Toronto, the 76ers, and Boston. The second round has been turning out to be quite a bit more competitive. Teams losing at home on the first game, losing home court advantage, getting it back game three. We have Two games tonight, which starts with Milwaukee at Boston at 4 p.m. Pacific. And then Golden State's going to be playing Houston for game four at 6.30. It's going to be starting around whenever the Bucks and Celtics game ends. So before we start digging into all this, I'd like to bring on my guest, Narbe Pozeshkin. Let's dig right into it, man. The predictability of the NBA I mean, it can be seen as a good thing. It could be seen as a bad thing. I feel it's bad when the Warriors are the predictable ones who everyone says are going to be the ones going to the NBA Finals, especially with the way that it was built with Kevin Durant. I don't want to draw out that whole conversation again that everyone's been talking about for the past three or four years. Um, But, I mean... It's 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 interesting now in the second round. The first round, like um, I, I was telling you earlier, there were only two series that went more than five, over five games, which was the Clippers pushing Golden State to six and the Spurs pushing the Nuggets to seven games. So, I mean, do you really – I want to – I want to – since we're in this sports business master's program, I want to get your perspective on how you feel and your perspective of this – like of seeing one, two, three, and four advance in the East and the West is business wise. Is this good business wise for the NBA? Is this what we want to see? I mean, from a betting perspective, the favorites are one, and and I feel like NBA when we play these big sample size series game, you know, which are which are best of seven series, we're gonna see the better teams, the true better teams advance. What's your take, Narbe? Yeah, um, I thought it was like I was just looking at the brackets and you see one through four in each conference make it to the next round. And it's like, it was kind of obvious. Uh, I'm not going to go out and say that I predicted all eight for eight. I actually thought San Antonio might have a chance of beating Denver, which they did. That was one of the series that went long. Um, I didn't really trust Denver, uh, but they came out on top. And then I thought uh, OKC might actually end up beating Portland. I'm sure many, many people thought that. Just because of what Portland, what happened to Portland last year, right? Uh, they got swept and it looked pretty bad. Right. And then OKC has Paul George and you know Russell Westbrook and Stephen Adams and all that. But Portland came out on top. They did their thing. Um, they they took 
they didn't basically they uh they didn't look bad as compared to last year. They look really good this year. Damian Lillard's on another level. I I mean the predictability of the NBA is I think has always been there. I can't remember like a high high seed not making it to the conference finals right. or the NBA finals. And when I say high seed, I mean like one through three. I would say. Um, I mean I remember maybe in the beginning of the this decade like the memphis grizzlies beat san antonio if i'm not mistaken i think that was eight over a one i don't know if you remember that one um and i think everyone's I need shocked, to do my research <laughs> yeah, yeah but at the same time it's just pretty darn predictable like you're saying i don't think it's a bad thing because as once the nba playoffs are really long you know it's not like the nfl mm-hmm. or um you know baseball is even short right um, but NF, NBA and NHL are very similar. And for the NBA, at least, once there's after the first round, you still have three more rounds, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And so I think the second round is where it really starts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the second round is where people get most excited because people all year long, let's look at the Eastern Conference, for example, they've been talking about Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston, right? No one has even cared about um brooklyn uh orlando detroit um people cared about indiana because obviously victor oladipo right but he got hurt so mm-hmm. it was just like th- throw him out the window right um so everyone's been talking about those top four teams and that's exactly what happened those top four teams on there and obviously we're having some great series in the second round the first round was short short and sweet it was like you bottom four teams on each conference get out go home Let's get this thing started. I so, mean, ideally, that's kind of like what you want. You don't want too many first-round ga- uh, series going seven games like the Nuggets and and Spurs were. Even though it's compelling TV, it's good for you know we like from the business side. You're sa- getting more games, more TV, more money for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, 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 in a business standpoint, right? But. Yes. We don't want the first round to be drawn out too much. I did, even though I do like seeing the Clippers claw and and beat up the the Golden State Warriors a little bit, right? And I feel like like that's gonna wear give them a little bit more wear and tear. Whereas Houston got a less game off, but of course, you know they need they need that upper hand. If Houston would have gotten an extra game, if they would have yeah. saw a sweep, I think they could have probably stole a, you know one of the first two games at um oakland just because of the rest the rest means a lot and you know what's funny the last time um a one two three or four seed didn't make it to the second round of the eastern conference playoffs it was a 2015 playoffs where uh washington swept toronto okay so i mean we're looking at like that's a pretty long time honestly for a five six seven eight seed to not make it to the next round um I know right. I just pointed out like the Memphis thing, and I know obviously New Orleans upset the, the Portland last year, so it happens here and there. But generally speaking, it it seems like you at least have the one, two, three uh, seeds, even in the West, always there, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's crazy, right? Like it, it took it took uh, you know fifteen it took like four or five playoff years, uh, playoff series, or yeah, from fifteen to nineteen where. It was a high seed five and on to make it to the second round at right. least in the Eastern Conference. So it, it seems to be pretty predictable, at least in the East. It seems like even in the West, but less, I would say. Now, 
of the teams that are left yeah on both the west and the east which teams do you feel are the favorites to come out of each conference um yeah i uh yeah well just uh you know we were kind of talking about this earlier and we feel the biggest series to watch in each conference is playing tonight with milwaukee at boston golden state at houston so just to go ahead and now now, yeah yeah yeah, go ahead yeah um (laughs) i i thought i thought milwaukee and toronto would make it to the conference finals for each uh for the eastern conference Mm -hmm. um i see milwaukee I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Milwaukee. I don't know what I had before. Maybe I feel like a month ago I had maybe Toronto. I was kind of, I, I think it's like flip I do think Toronto will beat uh, Philadelphia, and I do think Milwaukee will beat Boston. Um, in the West, I feel like because I didn't know how the Western Conference standings would pan out, I probably said Golden State and Houston just because, you know, you would think that Houston would meet Golden State in the conference finals, right, not the second round. Right. Um, but obviously things changed. Um, I'm going to, I want to say Portland will end up beating Denver. Um, and, but I, I see, I don't see, I see Golden State making it to the finals. Like once they get past Houston, I kind of see this as a cakewalk. I don't know. It, it, it feels like Portland, unfortunately, when they, when like you bring up last year and how they were swept out, they go in to this year playing a very dysfunctional Oakland, OKC team with Russell Will. Westbrook, who, you know, he, he's learned how to not be a ball hog, but he's still not efficient. And Paul George, what happened to playoff P, man? That guy was just, like, nowhere to be seen. Uh, so I feel like they they capitalized. And finally, CJ McCollum, you know, they asked they, – they, the, someone in the media asked him about Jennifer, right? And he was no. like, yeah, <laughs> we finally got a win, Jennifer. That's funny. Right. That's funny. And if it seems like Denver going seven games with San Antonio, the wear and tear is gonna you, just gonna hit them. It, it, the series is tied two and two. They play again, I believe, tomorrow, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, my bad. So yeah, they play tomorrow, tomorrow night, um, at Denver. So let's see if they can steal one. I just love Damian Lillard, dude. He oh, yeah. he has that Mamba mentality. I mean, I, I wish he he's was scary. In, he's scary. He's in a beautiful city and in beautiful Jersey. I love the Blazers jerseys, but I wish he would find his <laughs> way south and come to L.A., you know, when his contract yeah. was up a few years ago. But I mean, he he it seems like Golden State's just going to be a wall they're going to hit. And there's looking up at the matchup, you know, when on earlier episodes that we did of Talking Heads, you and I. We spoke about how the Lakers matched up fairly well with Golden State. When we look at the way Portland matches up with Golden State, it looks hard for them to even steal one game. Yeah, I I think Portland's weakness is like the wing area. Their guard play is great, and Cantor has been doing a great job mm-hmm. in the absence of uh, Nurkic. Mm-hmm. But their wing play, like Al Farouk Amino and Harkless, I mean... It just KD alone is like ten times greater than them, it, you know. It's uh, it's it's yeah. scary. And speaking of Kevin Durant, uh, I do think he's the best player in the NBA right now. <laughs> yeah. I, um, this is coming from a Lakers fan, you know. <laughs> uh, I do think. I mean, this guy is scary. Um, it's 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 this like, it's on like every time he gets past half court, I'm like, how are you gonna stop this guy? 
All right, let's let's derail the show a little bit. All right, let's go off the Uh, walls. Something we didn't, I didn't put in the notes with you, KD. This off season, I mean, as the story keeps turning, as days go by, as hours and seconds click off the tuck, click off, take off the clock. Oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) take off the clock for the off season. It feels like the stories keep changing where he's going to go. I mean, the favorite seems like it's New York and he's going to go to the Knicks. But is there any hope? Do you feel? Do you Have you seen, you know, searching out into the ether with your hopes and dreams as a Lakers fan? Do you think? Oh, no, no chance. No, <laughs> no, chance. Chance. no chance. Look how quick that was, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Just, Kevin, no. <laughs> Kevin Durant's not coming to the Lakers. Like, it, if I had sources and I could just name them, I know he's not coming. Like, he, I, I have a feeling he's staying in Golden State. Um, I just wouldn't understand why he would leave Golden State, but at the same time, um, I can see why. Like, if he ends up winning a championship this year, you know, you're talking back to back to back, possibly a third Finals MVP, mm-hmm. like joining joining the likes of some greats. You know, yes. Um, I mean, he's already joined, you know, Kobe and like LeBron and the Magics of the world and the Jordans of the world on this like that. But to go back to back to back and win uh, three finals MPs in a row, that's Shaq-esque. Right. Um, and if I were him as an athlete, like to me, winning is like, there's not, I don't, to me, winning is the most important thing. Like me personally, of course, I love to win. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I have like this like boil deep inside. I like to win everything and anything. I hate to lose. Um, so like Kevin Durant, I feel like people misconstrue, misconstrue who he really is. Um, but I know, like, I, I feel like he, he loves to win. He's a winner. Um, he's a big time athlete. He puts in the work, he cares about it all. Um, but I think maybe going to New York would be the whole, like, especially listening to people talk, maybe it's the whole, like, Hey, look, like I came to golden state. And you guys kept bagging on me. Right. You guys still never will like me as much as you like Steph Curry, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Maybe him going to New York would be that third and final stage. Um, the stage of like, hey, let me show you guys. I'm going to carry the team. I'm going to be the leader. Let me show you guys what I maybe not didn't show you in Golden State. I so, mean, but yeah, go ahead. Well, we've seen LeBron similarly yes. walk this path. Exactly. We've seen exactly. him. Be this savior for Cleveland. We saw him left and become an enemy. And he was an enemy of mostly everyone else who was not a fan of Cleveland just because of envy of not having him, right? I remember as a Lakers fan growing up, yeah, I was like, LeBron, you know, it's Kobe. Kobe's the guy. Kobe's the guy. And then when he moved to Miami and I saw him lose in the finals, there's something that changed for me that I... I, in, in my fandom, I was like, you know, this guy, he's he's the hardest working at the time, right? He's the hardest working NBA player. He's the best Kobe, player. Kobe. Um, Kobe but was see, the hardest working. Well, no. But see, I started to change my mind. I was like, I, I, was, I saw the light as, yeah. as a true NBA fan. You know, I took my Lakers fandom out of it. And I was like, LeBron, I need to watch this and appreciate what's happening before my eyes. Yeah. Before I miss out on it, right? And, and miss it all. And so... We saw him become the enemy as and in Miami and win championships. Then he came back to Cleveland and kind of, you know, re with fans. They they 
like myself. You know, that was another reason for people to, you know, be endeared, show endearment towards towards LeBron James. That's what Kevin Durant's looking for right now. He yeah. went to Golden State because he wanted to win, like you're saying, right? Winning mattered to him, and he wanted to show people that that was all that mattered to him, even if it means going to already one of the best teams because they were, what, a 73-9 and team before Durant even joined and lost in the playoffs. So he yeah. was already like, I'm going to join this team, even though we already know that this team is potentially better than the the 72-10 and 10, um, Jordan Bulls, right? So he, he was met, you know, everyone's, fury infuriated with him because of what he's done to the nba and how predictable it is right we can talk about that but i feel like like going to the knicks like you're saying it can it can it can change the narrative like that for him and fans everywhere but i feel like here in la with the lakers it would mean that much more because lebron came down and there was being murals painted of him and people were were throwing paint on it and just defacing it and he was being met by by weird anger from kobe stands right i I don't get it i never have i never will And, and but see if lebron was able to get durant to come to la there definitely wouldn't be any of that and everyone who's a laker follower you know we were gonna endear that guy to hell because not only do we see lebron who's you know he's he's at the peak of his the the pinnacle of his career. We don't know if he's already hit his peak or because of like this injury we saw he's coming on his downturn now, right? Is this finally him on his downfall? Is is father time the thing that's been undefeated? Is it finally getting to him? We have yet to see. Hopefully he can come back and play a full season for the Lakers in in one of these next 3 years he has left under contract. But if he can get Durant, a guy who has at least two three more years of amazingness ahead of him that's gonna you know matching that up with lebron for the three years he has left with the lakers yeah it, it would be insane he could go, he can go for another three back you know three three peat another back to back to back and being back to back to back mvp i mean no doubt he could do that in new york i just feel like the lore the the lore and the legend of the lakers franchise is that much bigger and better than the knicks and of course, you know, he can do that for the Knicks and get his statue, but the Knicks are going to go back to sucking and being a horrible franchise. I just <laughs> feel because that's just the way, if we look at history, that's what it tells us, right? Mm-hmm. History tells us the Lakers are going to be back in the finals and they're going to win another handful of championships in the next, you know, two to three decades. Guarantee it. You know, they're going to win five championships. I can say that and and not know the future of basketball in the next 20 to 15 years, but with the Knicks, it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to be, you know, a mediocre team. They're going to struggle to get in the playoffs. It's just – that's just the story of the Knicks, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I The Lakers topic is like a whole different, like, mumbo-jumbo type of thing. It's a whole different animal beast. Uh, I think the Lakers organization is, like, in complete – I don't even know what's going on. Right. Um, we don't even have a president of basketball ops. I don't know what's happening with Rob Polinka. I personally am not a biggest, like – uh, I wanted Monty Williams as the head coach, uh, but no. I get the Ty Lue hiring because LeBron is running the show. So it seems like they're leaning towards, you know. Ty. Uh, and Monty wasn't he? Lue. He was confirmed as the Suns head coach, correct? Yes, he was. Yes, he was confirmed as the Suns head coach. Uh, essentially, chose the Suns over the Lakers, um, and 
the Tyloo hiring to me is just like what however amount of time LeBron is going to end up being here whether it's uh two more years or three more years assuming that he opts in uh to the last year of his contract uh that's how long Tyloo will be here like Tyloo is not a coach that's going to be here past LeBron uh maybe one year after uh I, and I don't like that like I I'm not a fan of franchises that do that um and this is coming from a Lakers fan you know like Greg Greg Popovich has always been there um like I've noticed a lot of organizations in this like 21st century coaches come and go and it's right. like and it's like what's going on here like uh, you know like they label some coaches as a coach that's good for development and then then that coach goes and then they bring in the coach that's good for carrying the team to finals right i understand if you know if you go second or third round like three four times that's like something's off right like something's got to change so you go with the coach usually the player stay but actually, actually funny thing about that i was listening to a gilbert arenas's podcast a no chill podcast and he was saying they were talking about their washington wizards days and all that oh i'm sorry they're talking about the orlando magic days uh cuz he was there for like a year with and Dwight Howard was a guest on there and they were both saying how Van Gundy uh Stan Van Gundy mm-hmm. I believe it is he is a coach that's only really good for the development of players like he can if it's if if he has a team where it's like 20 to 24 year olds you know he's good for that but once they get to that like veteran level he's not good for that so when i look at Ty Lue, he's only going to be here because he coached LeBron, you know, for a few years. He's good friends with LeBron. Uh, he also has ties with the Lakers organization, but it's nothing more than that. It's it's mainly because 95% LeBron James. Um, I wish we could go get out a coach like Monty Williams and someone who is very well-known, USA Basketball ties, very well-respected, um, and someone that could just come in and just – figure out the pieces and do that and could be here post LeBron. Right. I see where you're saying. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, this Lakers team, it's in a weird spot too, right? Because they have those young guys where you do need a coach like that, the Stan Van Gundys, who are going to develop the Lonzos and the Kuzmas and the Hearts and whoever it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then, then we have the Egos, with LeBron and Rondo, well, he but granted he he was on a one year contract, so he might not be back. But even you know he he's a big ego guy. Lance is seen as a big ego guy, and and when we see a championship team, a championship caliber team, the coach I feel is more seen to be there to manage the egos, like we see Steve Kerr, right? He's. We know he knows the X and his X's and O's. But the reason they replaced Mark Jackson with Steve Kerr was because they felt he would be able to ha- manage the egos. And I feel like the Lakers are just at a point where they want to get a guy like Ty Lue who can manage egos and who isn't necessarily, you know, I mean, he knows X's and O's, but he isn't Greg Popovich, right? He isn't going to scheme the best play um, at. at with 2.5 seconds left, you know, and they need an inbound um, under the hoop or something. So it's just, yeah, like, like I just wish they could find a guy 
who's going to give them what they need, which is which is what Luke was. I Luke was a little bit confusing. You showed a little bit of frustration and shared dr- frustration over his his uh, platoon switching, right? When he, it felt yeah. like he would go from one one from five guys in one rotation to another five, just a, an entire bench swap. But he was there for defense, I felt, and even Shaw was was, was there for defense. And Shaw, I mean, that's where we see these good teams. Six, like the Milwaukee Bucks, like yeah, it feels like they're gonna have a really good chance against the Golden State potentially okay, because well, yeah. of their I think defense. I think another team that's best suited up to beat Golden State, I think so. Uh, but like when you you cannot construct a team that has a bunch of young guys, a bunch of veterans with one year contract, and then nothing in the middle. It's just like a really weird odd gap. You know, you cannot have that. Um, you can't just construct a team in the summer, like, quickly and be like, go get it, especially when your conference is so, so good. Uh, you know, you can't – we like, we did not sign Bosch, Wade, LeBron. Right. We did not sign and trade for KJ and Ray Allen uh, and, you know, have and obviously pa- Rondo on the cover. You can't – we didn't do something. Like that. We just got one player – one player with a bunch of young guys, and then as soon as that one player signed, we, and I keep saying we, but the Lakers, the Lakers just went out and signed veteran, veteran, veteran on one-year contract, and that was it. And I understand injuries played a big role. It was probably like top three reasons why the Lakers were who they were this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you cannot construct a team like that. You want to construct a team, you got to look at like the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, uh, the Toronto Raptors, obviously they haven't won a championship, but they've been consistently great for like the last four years. Um, who else? Uh, there's a lot of oh, Houston, you know, every great team besides their best player, best player or players have another three, four players that are along like on the ride with them for greatness. So like when you think of Golden State, like six, seven years down the line, when we think of Golden State, when we look back on those Warriors teams, we're going to be like, oh, you know, Draymond, Steph, Clay, KD, but then who else comes to mind? Andre Iguodala, Sean mm-hmm. Livingston, you know, those guys. Um, when you look at, like, Houston, this they're great teams of this decade. Right, right. Um, you, you, you can think of James Harden and CP3, but then instantly what comes to mind is going to be, like, Trevor Ariza, uh, the P.J. Tuckers. Clint Capella. The, uh, Clint Capella, like, those glue guys, those really good right. guys. And the Lakers just, like, they just wanted to, like, okay, we got LeBron. Let's just put something together and go for it. And it was like, no, like, unfortunately not. And obviously, like me personally, being a Lakers fan, I had a lot of high hopes. But on the other side of things, I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> so now sticking with the Lakers, where do you what do you think uh, they need to do other than outside of the whatever they need to do with the coaching? Players-wise, like, what, do, what, do, what does the team have they, to look at? They need to sign a max guy. Like, it's a must. At this point, it's a must. Because, uh, I mean, everyone keeps labeling this summer as, like, the biggest summer, right, in a while. And I guess that's true. Uh, you got one step done. The one main piece was to get LeBron. You got LeBron. Now this summer, you have the option and, like, the availability to sign, right, two max players. Mm-hmm. So I think if you just get one... Now, I don't know who that one is. 
It could be anywhere from a Jimmy Butler to a Kawhi Leonard. We don't know. Um, but you have to get at least one. Once you get that one piece, I think you have to formally construct the roster. Um, uh, I don't know who would come back. Like, I think JaVale McGee coming back would be awesome. Um, he had that little stretch where he got sick, right? But then in the before that and after that, he was, like, playing really well again. Mm-hmm. Um, so after you get, like, your max star, and then you got to look into trading for another superstar maybe. Uh, I think the Lakers have a lottery pick this year. Plus, you have all those young guys. And I love the young guys. But maybe you go out, go out and do that. Uh, you got to look into it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Oh, and obviously, something big that happened is I think Dave, David Griffin, right? He, he's working for the Pelicans now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he has close ties with LeBron and soon Ty Lue, if right. that's what happens. Right. So, you know, he, he, might, he might pull off the, the Boston Celtics type trade of let me get you kg to boston for nothing right you know with the danny Ainge, danny Ainge connection it was right right so i think that's what the lakers need to do they can't just like sit there and sign a few guys here veteran guys and just, the, you know yeah the lakers they're really playing catch up with everyone else in the league if you think about it right because oh yeah i mean it, when when kd went to the warriors it felt like the warriors were gonna run a rain in the NBA for as long as they stick together where actually, I mean, even last year, it felt like the Rockets caught up rather quickly. And now the Milwaukee, you know, even the Bucks, they've caught up pretty quickly and the Warriors window, it finally seems like, you know, their rain is actually, and their window it's closing. Their rain is coming to an end this year is that it feels like it could be their last year, but Going back again to the Lakers, they have to play catch up with all of this. They have to, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's going to be an interesting offseason again. And of course, yes, this is the biggest offseason since last offseason, right? Yes. Since, yes. since oh, LeBron yeah. it's James. Always, it's, a, it's always going to be like that. <laughs> right. They win the championship. And it's going to be interesting because, I mean, this was this was Magic's plan. It was get LeBron and wait and and be a player for max contracts in the 2020 free agency. So even though Magic has said goodbye, he's still, you know, he's still around. We know he's still going to be try to have his influence with the Lakers um brass mm-hmm. and and it's just going to be interesting to see how where where Polinka gets to take this team. I I I'm excited. I may not be a big the biggest fan of Polinka, but I don't think he's necessarily done anything to lose his job. He definitely, you know, I feel like this offseason he has to earn it, and let's. Yeah, yeah, he has. He has one more chance. I think he has one more chance. Let's but give him. Let's, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't see Palinka being the president of basketball operations. Like, right. Like, I. I don't know. We. We are running a team without some key pieces right now. Like, the organization is missing key people. If mm-hmm. you look at like the infrastructure of an organization, because the Lakers are an organization, right? Um. It's it's like some things are missing, and how can you go move forward without those things missing? Those right. top management missing. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's scary. And let's let's see yeah, where it goes, I, though. <laughs> definitely, but you know, um, until then, there's some big playoff games to be played. So tonight, right? Big playoff yeah. games. Speaking of, we got Milwaukee at Boston. So it, right now, the series is two one Milwaukee. I feel like Milwaukee is going to be the team 
I feel like the the one seeds are going to be facing each other in the finals. Hopefully, I I want to because I feel like we're going to get the best series that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and with whoever's going to play Golden State. So I mean, but like Kyrie and these and Gordon Hayward, these guys have really turned it on, right? In the playoffs, it's it's they're 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 playing some team basketball again. They've had some stretches of of bad runs. Granted, I've seen uh, Bill Simmons, uh, who I follow on Twitter, he's complained plenty about this playoff run. But do you think they they're gonna push this at all to maybe a seven game series? That's what I predicted it as uh, when I was predicting all the playoffs, playoff games. And on the uh, the the first side of things, uh, like the the Golden State Houston matchup to begin with that one. Oh yeah. I think I think Houston Houston took Golden State or I'm sorry, Golden State took Houston to OT mm-hmm. and Houston ended up winning and Steph Curry didn't have a great game. Right. Fourth and quarter they, he missed and he didn't they, make a shot and overtime. Yeah, and, 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 and Houston won, but not by much. Overtime five point win. Um but I think Golden State wins tonight and I think Golden State wins the fifth game as well. You think they close so, it out? Yeah, I think Golden State will win in five. Um, and then looking at the, this Milwaukee-Boston series, I see – I'm going to – I would say Milwaukee wins in six. Okay. So I think I think Boston wins it tonight and evens it up. So going back to Houston-Golden State, you yeah. think you, – you, you think that's the – because I'm thinking of last season, they went seven games in the conference finals against Houston and Golden State. You think them, with what you're predicting, that has anything to do with with uh, the guys they lost, like Ariza and and just not the... necessarily. I just I just think Golden State is just that much better. Like I I don't know if it really has to do with that because Houston has like what if Chris Paul just plays out of his mind and lights it up for. And does some crazy something crazy yeah. we've never seen. And obviously, like Harden, <laughs> Harden does it. I don't know. Like it, it's obviously just predictions, right? But right, right. I, I, I think Golden State wins it in five. Like it's, it's looking pretty easy for them. It honestly is. It is. Uh, so I just don't want it to be <laughs> like a quick series. No, I understand. I, but the Milwaukee Boston was is intriguing. Uh, I don't know. I'm like having trouble leaning towards who I, I, I'm, th- I'm saying you, Boston's winning tonight. Are I, you are you of the same thinking as me in the sense that whoever wins this series out of Milwaukee and Boston, no matter if Toronto wins, they're going to they're they're going to be advancing to the, the conference finals. If Boston, if Boston wins, if Boston wins this series, which I don't think they will. Do you think they would beat Toronto no, to, to yes, go to the finals? Toronto, yes. Yes. Okay. So you yes. so you think Toronto would be if if Boston somehow advances, you think it'd be Toronto advancing? Yes, okay. I do. And I don't I don't see Toronto losing to to Philadelphia. I had Toronto winning yesterday, which they did. Yeah, it just seems like I trust that process. I like uh, what they got going on in Philadelphia. But man, dude, Ben Simmons, that is just so disappointing. And Markel Fultz like just knowing the type of shooters they could have had other than these two guys which i mean Fultz, i mean that 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 pick can be seen as a bum 
But Ben Simmons, this guy isn't a bum. He's got, you know, he can handle the ball. He can be the the the, the general on a floor. But the guy can't shoot a jumper for to save his life, man. What the? What, yeah. What's up with this, bro? How can this be? He's been in the league. What is it? Uh, uh two years now. Technically yeah, three. Couple, technically yeah, three. But he can't shoot a jumper, man. Like, like how I mean, how I, does he choose to play basketball? It's. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're when you're when you're when you're six nine six ten, and you 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 move like a like an actual guard. Oh right, you're got like, that athletic ability. You, yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, like uh, the defense. Here's here's what it is like. The defense doesn't respect his ability to shoot, so they give him like ten feet. But when you give a guy ten feet and he has a passing ability of that type, right? You're letting him see the entire floor and just maneuver so casually. So that I don't know what the defense does when they do that, but I mean he's a smart player. It it, it does amaze me that in this generate like in this day and age. He does not have the capability to really even shoot like a mid-range jump shot. Somehow, some way, he's so lethal. Right. Um, and I, there, like Joel Embiid, is an interesting figure. Like this man, one day he's like 35, 18, five blocks, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, like, mm-hmm. most dominant center since early days of Dwight." since Shaquille O'Neal, right. you know, all that stuff. Next thing you know, you know, he's like two for seven, 11 points, hasn't done much. And everyone's like, oh my God, like he doesn't care. He's injured. This take like, what's wrong? And I think, I think down the line, Philadelphia is going to have to pick one of them, Ben or Embiid. And, Interesting. And yeah, I, I, and and then they obviously had like the Jimmy Butler Tobias Harris situation coming up, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think Ben and Embiid coexist as well as people think. Um, I think Ben I think Embiid is too much to handle off the court with all his issues. Um, you know, I'm sure you heard about him texting his coach at 6 a.m. the day of the games, telling him, you know, if that's like in the NBA, I don't think that should happen. Um, right. That doesn't make sense to me. It seems how, weird. It seems, it seems weird. It seems like very like sixteen year oldish, you know? Like very like, you know, you wake up one day, you have like an AAU tournament or some league tournament, and you text your coach, hey, I'm not but like NBA where you have these doctors and physicians and right. you prepared well and your nutrition should be on point and all that and all that you I don't know if that should happen. So it's like and he ended up playing and he had a terrible game. So why did you even play, you know? Mm-hmm. Was he even so it, a, a help at all? Yeah, exactly. So this whole Embiid situation is intriguing to me. Um, he is great when he's great. But it's like, who are you going to get today? Which right, Embiid? right, right. Yeah. You need him to be consistent. You want him to be you great have- every single day on the court. Every single Definitely. day. He needs Definitely. to bring it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to end things for this episode. Uh, sure. Just want to thank you for coming on again. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Narbe Pazeshkian, thanks for coming on. Everyone, let's give him a hand. If I had some <laughs> cool, uh, you know, sound effects, you'd hear a nice little applause right now. <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. 
and we'll see what happens in the playoffs, and we'll come back at it and talk. Thanks for listening, everyone, and again, thanks, Narvik, for coming on.